Oh, can we worship him tonight? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. We bless your holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Aren't you thankful that he gave his all for us? That was our price, is, was shedding his blood. Amen. And without him, where would we be? And so in return, he just asked us to give the same in return, give us, give him our all, all of our mind, soul, body, strength to love him. Amen. And to give him praise that is due to his name. Aren't you thankful that we have a place we can come and we can worship together? Amen. In spirit and in truth. Man, we are blessed because we're here tonight. Man, there are many places around the world where they can't do this. And so, God forbid we ever take this for granted. Uh, but we are truly are a blessed people. And we don't want to ever let that uh, uh, get too comfortable. Amen. Always remember that uh, no matter where we are, uh, we can always praise God. And, and Jesus needs, just needs two or three to gather together, right? And you can start having church, right? Amen. And so it's even better when we're all here together. Amen. The mighty move of God. And so as a church body, we, we love seeing one another. So good to see everyone here tonight. I mean, ushers come. Amen. We want to continue in worship as we give unto the Lord. The love, Lord loves a faithful, uh, a cheerful giver. Amen. And all that God has done for us, we can uh, happily give back. Amen, what he's done. Let's, let's pray this evening. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for all you've done, for your many blessings, all you've done in our lives, God. We come and give back to you, God, in praise and worship and, and offering, God. We ask you to bless it and multiply it for your kingdom. God, we touch every need. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus tonight. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Let's come and give unto the Lord tonight. Lord, we give you Blessed be your name, Jesus. Amen, amen. As Kids Church is dismissed, amen. Remember, next weekend is men's conference. Uh, those that are going, prepare for that. And ladies will be at the end of the month, end of uh, April. Amen. And so uh, excited for that. It's a busy month. Um, and so we want to remember that. Amen. As we're staying, we go to the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 10. 2 and 10. 
Uh, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision, but that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers uh, from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now uh, in Christ Jesus, who sometimes were afar off or made nigh by the blood of Christ. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Amen. This is uh, Strangers Among Us, part five. Uh, I promise we're going to finish this up tonight. It, it always goes longer than you imagine. You start off with uh, one or two lessons, and then the trap door opens up, and pretty soon we're here uh, five lessons later. Uh, but we began uh, talking about uh, strangers and what that means and how we as a society uh, view strangers and maybe re respond and react to that. Uh, uh, I, I coined the phrase, I didn't coin the phrase, but I adopted the phrase for us, uh, stranger danger, as we, we teach our children that because uh, it is, we are in a fallen world and, and sadly as, as bad as that is, uh, stranger danger that is for the safety of our children. Um, but hopefully we, we, we're not so standoffish as we get older. We understand how the world is, and uh, we're still obviously uh, on, on guard and, and, and watching, being watchful. But uh, not, every, not every stranger is danger. Most people are uh, generally decent people. Um, but you just uh, never know. Uh, and so... Uh, with that mentality that we have here in our society, uh, looking into the Word of God about strangers, how the Word of God uh, defines that and, and teaches on that, and we come to find out that a lot of people, a lot of children of God were, were strangers, if you will. Uh, we talked about uh, Adam, a uh, stranger in, in the, the, the New World. Garden of Eden, and obviously Noah, and the new world that God established, and all the way to Abraham, being a stranger, walking out by faith, and then his his descendants uh, became strangers in a foreign land in Egypt, and then God brought them out, and uh, he he told them to uh, uh, not to uh, uh, be mean to the strangers, if for lack of a better word, not to oppress them. Uh, but to look out for them and, and, and treat them as yourself, the, basically to love your neighbor as yourself, uh, where Jesus kind of brought that to light in the New Testament, but it was, it was planted there in the Old Testament. Uh, and so uh, throughout Israel's history, they got into lots of trouble because of their own behaviors. And when we read about the judgment uh, that was against them, uh, hidden there, not really hidden there, but in the verses was because they oppressed the strangers uh, and the weak among the, in their society. And so that is, uh, you can do a series on that when God's judgment comes because of, of how you uh, treat the strangers and how you uh, treat the weak and, and the elderly and on all those things, uh, the helpless people. Uh, God sees that and uh, sees every action and every every horrible thing. And uh, the more that happens, that just means we are closer and closer to uh, 
uh, a judgment uh, from God because uh, we see this nowadays in our, it's been in our society for decades now how uh, abortion is, is legal and you can, you can do that and they're pushing the line, extending the line and getting closer uh, uh, pretty much to just kill them whenever you want. It, it's, it's horrible. Uh, my wife told me uh, a week or two ago about some some crazy state, Maryland or somewhere. They're they're trying. Somebody's trying to introduce a bill where you can you can uh, withhold care from a child up to 28 days after it's born. Uh, what I mean, what kind of world is this? In America or what? I mean. For 28 days, you can decide, oh, am I going to keep take care of this kid or not? And if, if not, then, you know, it just that's just the way it happens. Uh, you can't tell me we're close to the end times when, when a society like that, uh, the innocent children who can't do anything for themselves, and, and we as a society permit such wickedness and, and evil, you can't tell me that we are close to some kind of judgment from God on upon this country and, and the world, and we promote so much of this. It really is sickening uh, how much uh, our country does uh, when we offer foreign aid to, to some countries. We, it, it's, you have to open abortion clinics if you want our money. I mean, what, what kind of message uh, are, are we sending across the world? We used to be a godly nation who cared for people, and now uh, some other uh, ungodly agenda is being pushed across the world. And, and so uh, it just means that uh, we are getting further and further uh, from this world, we need to be separating ourselves even more. The darker the world gets, amen, the, the brighter uh, the coming of the Lord is, and that's what we're looking to, right? Any day now, uh, the Lord Jesus can return for his church, and I want to be ready. I don't want to stay around in this world. It's getting too, too bad, too dark out there. we got to stay faithful, amen, to the house of God and to his word. And so uh, uh, I lost track where I was, but... Um, Israel was was judged because they were oppressed, the strangers, and and so uh, obviously you never know who strangers are. Uh, Hebrews tells us that uh, the strangers we can be entertaining angels uh, among us as strangers, and, and so uh, last week we were talking about how even how heaven rejoices over a sinner that comes to repentance uh, more than over the ninety nine that need no repentance, and so. Uh, we obviously are part of the, we're the 90 and 9, we're in here and we're, we're, we're living right. And so uh, we got to be careful that we don't think it's all, it's all about us, uh, but, but because it's still about the strangers and we got to welcome them uh, because we were once strangers. It doesn't matter who they are, where they come from, we got to uh, treat them nicely and care for them because we were once strangers uh, as uh, God told uh, Israel uh, you take care of them because you were once strangers in a foreign land. And, and so the, re the focus really should not be about us uh, as much as we want it to do. When we, when we turn our eyes and attention about us and our needs, then uh, our, our, our focus is in the wrong direction. It should always be on somebody else uh, for the kingdom uh, because if, if we're worried about uh, others and ministering to other people, 
Uh, even though we have needs, God will make sure that our needs will get met in the ministering through uh, somebody else. Uh, and so, but if we all, if we turn our, the attention on ourselves, then we, we become selfish in all that we do, and it's about us. Um, and you, God, God can't really use or bless that when it's all about us. Because, again, it is not about us, is it? It's about his kingdom and uh, the needs of others. And so we are connected to the body of Christ. We're all different members, uh, and we know uh, a well-connected body knows when uh, you stub your toe, you feel the pain throughout your whole body, and even in your hands, you feel that you're, the pain in your toe. Uh, that's that's a well-connected body, and, and so we should uh, suffer with one another, um, comfort one another, and, and when one rejoices and gets honored, we all celebrate together. We don't get jealous. We don't get envious. Why? Because it's not about us. Once we get jealous and envious, that's, that's evidence that, hey, we think it's about us, and we want our share, we want our attention, we want our, our glory, uh, and again, we'll, we'll never get it because with that kind of mindset, uh, it's not what God has instructed for us. And uh, it all falls back to us being the body, and Jesus is the head, and so the head's in charge, and so uh, it's all about him and his will and his kingdom. And so, but we have to surrender our individuality to be a part of the, the body. Uh, forsake not the assembling of ourselves uh, as, as such do, uh, but uh, we got to come together. We can't just be a, 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 a lone ranger Christian and expect to, to survive, especially in a world like this, because we need the body to be connected to one another and to heal one another and pray for one another. And so we have to surrender that individuality in order to become uh, a part of, of the body. Romans 15 and 1 says, when we, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Uh, what happens when we, we, people get strong, they like to start flexing their muscles, looking in the mirror, and then, you know, it's all about us. But uh, P, uh, Paul's reminded the Romans and us that uh, we that are strong and mature, we should uh, help out those that are weak, bear the infirmities of those. It's, it's not uh, our infirmities that we're bearing. We're picking somebody else's slack up or, 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 or pain or whatever. Uh, that is truly an act of selflessness when we are concerned about the, the needs of others and we're here not to please ourselves. And so that, that's the danger that can happen uh, when we are uh, in the church for being faithful for however many years or however long it is, we can start to think that it, this is all about me. And that's what it's uh, not, that's what we don't want. And so if we come in here and, and prance around with our life and boast how good we have it and not to, not to uh, diminish that, we do have a blessed life. We, don't, we may not have the nicest house or nicest car, but we are a blessed people. Uh, we have the favor of God upon our life, and, and that is worth more than anything. And being filled with the Holy Ghost is the greatest gift that we can ever have in this life. Uh, and so we, we should count ourselves blessed, not based on material possessions, but based on what God is doing in our lives. Uh, and so if we come in, if we're boasting about how good we have it while others are struggling and suffering, then we're kind of missing the point of it all. Uh, not to, uh, you know, we should be, uh, you know, 
share testimony and, and things that God is doing in our lives. That we're not we're not trying to brag on ourselves or we're trying to bring glory to God. But uh, we also need to remember that hey, some people might be suffering and uh, through this. And so any way that we can minister to somebody else, because it's not about us, it's about uh, the stranger or or somebody else. We are blessed by God and. Uh, he doesn't bless us just for us individually. He blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. Uh, and the more that we bless others, the more God will bless us because he can trust us. He knows that, hey, we're not going to store it all up in our, in our possessions, but we're going to pass it out. Uh, and, and God will keep the, the windows of heaven open in our lives because he sees that we're not being selfish. Uh, we are sharing God's blessings. Um, and so... Uh, our blessed life is just the beginning. Um, God pulled us out of that miry clay. He, he cleaned us up and he, he healed our wounds and he, he strengthened us. Uh, why? So that we can be strong and we can help out the weak and bear the infirmities of those that are weak and extend a hand to someone who is hurting. And uh, you, we all have a ministry. We can all reach others because of what we've went through. Uh, we all haven't gone through the exact same thing. Not everybody's the same, but uh, surely the, your life experiences, you will be able to minister to somebody else that I can't minister to uh, that you can do better because you went through that certain situation. You experienced that, uh, and, and the reason we go through that is to help us to become stronger, to be more like Jesus, and also that we can turn around and, and help somebody else draw them to Jesus Christ because of how God God brought us through that, how God was faithful. He did not leave us or forsake us. And if he did that for us, he can do that for them. Uh, and so Romans 15 and 2, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Uh, again, it's not about us. It's about uh, working uh, about the needs of others. And uh, verse 3, for even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. And so even Jesus didn't make it all about him or, or the religious people. Uh, he, he got into many arguments with the religious people because they thought it was all about them and all about their rules and, and how they thought that they were better than others and they, they had the, the self-righteousness that uh, they they walked around uh, thinking they were head and shoulders above the rest when, when Jesus says, yeah, the outside is clean, but the inside is filthy. Uh, and so uh, as long as people think that they are the stuff, then how can you help them, right? They have all the answers, and they, you know, they don't need any help, and that, that includes help from God. Uh, and so that's why uh, uh, we don't want to make it all about us because I don't know about you. I've been in this uh, a few years, but I still need some help from God. I, I still need some direction, uh, some uplifting, and I need help from, from each other, uh, encouragement and, and help. Uh, and so uh, we don't ever want to get to that place where we, we, we don't need help from somebody. We, we should always be willing to accept help. Um, and, and be willing to admit that and be willing to ask. Sometimes the hardest thing is asking for help. And that, what is that dealing with? It's dealing with our pride, right? We don't want to ask for help uh, because, you know, we'll, we'll hold on to it as long as we can. Uh, but we know deep down that the, really the best thing is is to ask for help uh, because 
we are here as the body to help one another uh, bear the infirmities of the weak, those that are strong. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all get weak at times. As much as we all want to be strong the, our, our whole life, we have uh, times or seasons where we're, where, where we're down, we're going through stuff and, and battles, and, and the, our, our faith is getting attacked and we're getting weakened. Uh, and so that's a part of, of the life and uh, that we are uh, walking with Christ. And so as long as we are connected to a body, we have that support system uh, that we can lean upon one another. And so uh, Jesus got into arguments, as I said, with uh, the religious uh, sect of people that didn't really need any help. But Jesus said, I, I didn't come to save you guys. I didn't come to uh, call the righteous to repentance. I came uh, to call the sinners to repentance. I came to reach the lost, the, those that uh, the Pharisees would not even sit with or dine with or even uh, talk with because, uh, you know, they were better than the others. And, and, and so Jesus got into a, um, he didn't get in trouble, but they, they started asking questions when he was sitting there with eating dinner with publicans and sinners. And they're like, what are you? What is he doing? Why is he eating with those people? Uh, because we don't eat with those people because we're better than them, right? Uh, and so uh, Jesus didn't come for those. He came for those who need a helping hand. He came for those who, who couldn't lift themselves out of that miry clay, who, who needed a help. And that's why he came to seek and save that which was lost. And so... Now that we have went through that process of, of, of salvation and, and being uh, born into the kingdom of God and the body of Christ, now that we are a part of the, the righteous, uh, we don't need to uh, close down shop and, and just wait for Jesus to come. Now I got my ticket and now it's, I'm just going to wait for Jesus um, because that would be saying that we think it's all about us. Uh, now that we are separated and sanctified, that we are set apart for his use, we have become an instrument of God. Uh, we have become a vessel in his hands to be used for his will. It's not our will, it's for his will. And so who is he looking for? Uh, God is looking for the sinner who needs to repent, and he's looking for the lost sheep, and he's looking for those that are, that are hurting and, and need salvation. Uh, as he said, he left the, the 90 and 9 who were safe, and he went looking for that one. Aren't you thankful that somebody came looking for you? Uh, because we were the strangers, right? We were that lost one. We didn't realize how lost we were, but thankfully God spoke to somebody or, or we, we, we followed the leading of his spirit to a, to a place where we found an altar and we were baptized in Jesus' name, repent of our sins, and fill with the Holy Ghost, all because that's what God is looking for to reach that one, uh, that lost person, to call them to repentance. And, and so... We are blessed now to be a part of the 90 and 9, but we must not forget what it was like to be that lost one. We must not forget the mission of Jesus is to find those that are lost and to make disciples out of them uh, because if, if nobody else is making disciples, then this is really it, right? Once we all die off, this is it. We have to continue to multiply and make more disciples and reach the lost and reach others. Uh, and so, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, uh, that heaven takes notice uh, of our uh, attendance and uh, 
He's, uh, the heaven's aware of those sinners that come, the strangers that come to an altar of repentance, and they're rejoicing. Uh, but also, we must not forget that we are obviously uh, in God's eyes as well because we are being faithful and committed. And so uh, we are blessed by that. Um, and uh, we can't feel bad if heaven gets excited on a Sunday uh, more excited when a sinner comes through the doors and repents because that's what the scripture says. Heaven uh, rejoices over one sinner that comes to repentance, more than 99 who are here worshiping, praising God. If one sinner comes through those doors, guess what? Heaven's looking at that sinner, right? Uh, because that's a, that's a blessing uh, to get that stranger to be baptized in Jesus' name, to be born again and, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what it's all about, right? Uh, as much as God uh, 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 loves our worship and, and praise and all that, that that's, that's great. But we also uh, don't want to get lost and, and forget about any new people or strangers that come through the doors. Because we were once a stranger walking through a strange church door and seeing a bunch of strange people running around. And we decided to stick around because we were crazy enough, right? Uh, and so... Um, we're thankful for that and the grace of God. And so we should be celebrating and rejoicing with heaven, even though we may have needs in our life that haven't been met yet. Uh, we should, our, our face should light up when we see a strange face, right? Because, hey, God's sending somebody here, and we want to be a blessing to them, even though I have pain in my body or I'm sick or I have all these problems. Hey, let me take some time out to reach that, that strange face. Why? Because I was once a stranger too. Uh, and so we see a story, uh, a parable here in, in Luke 15, um, uh, the, the prodigal son. Verse 20, and he arose and he came to his father when he was yet a, a, a great way off. His father saw him and had compassion upon him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Uh, the son said unto him, Father, uh, I have sinned against heaven and in, in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and uh, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Uh, a great thing. Uh, excited. Uh, he's, the prodigal son has come home. Uh, now his elder son was in the field. As he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked, what is all this going on? He said unto him, Thy brother has come, and thy father has killed a fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And you would think, man, that's awesome. My brother's back. You know? Well, it's great. I thought he was dead. We thought he was gone. But he is not. He's back home. Uh, but what happens here, uh, the brother was angry, would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him and uh, had a good old talking with him and uh, he answered to him, uh, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I may make merry with my friends. And so he, we can see here uh, he's been faithful. He's been coming every week and doing his duties. He hasn't left. He hasn't uh, went out and done all these things, but yet he's, he's jealous. He's envious. 
uh, because he's thinking it should be about him after all that he has done. Uh, but as soon as thy, this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with the harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. He said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. If it, it was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive and was lost and is, is now found. And so uh, uh, he, he lost perspective of, of what he had, the, the blessings that he had access to, because uh, his father just threw a party one day for his lost son, and the other brother who never left said, where's my party? I've been here all the time. I've been faithful, and where's all, these, where's all this stuff for me? And his father said, all that I have is yours. You, you have more than your brother because he, he, he spent it all. Everything I have is yours. You can do whatever you want. You have free reign. You have access to every blessing that I have, every possession, every fatted calf. It is all yours. You speak the word, and we throw a party. Uh, and so uh, he, he wasn't happy uh, with this. He started pitching the fit. Uh, and so what, what that, that's the danger that can happen is when we, we come faithful to church week after week and, and year after year, uh, and we start to think it's about me. Uh, and what happens is we lose sight of, of the new people. The, the, those that are lost are coming in, and we don't pay any attention to them. Why? Because we can think it's all about me. I've been faithful. I, I've been showing up. Where's my party? Where's all this for me and this and this? Um, and, and what we don't realize is, is, is that uh, we are more beyond blessed than we even realize just to be here, to be able to come to this place each and every week, multiple times a week, to feel the presence of of God, uh, we are so blessed that we don't even realize it, and, and so uh, it's not about us, it's about the ones that are lost that can finally make it home, uh, and so um, uh, we, we can ask God for anything, we can boldly come before the throne of grace, right, uh, can sinners do that, no, they, they're, they, they've got a, a gap that they have to bridge, uh, repentance and all these things. Uh, they don't have access to the Father like we do because we're here. We're sons and daughters. We're, we've been faithful. We've been in this for a while, and we can go to God for anything. Uh, and so we can't get upset or jealous if, if, if the strangers or uh, the, those among us that we don't know show up and, 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 and everyone is excited about them. Hey, that's great. We, we love to see uh, new faces, and we need to do everything we can to make them uh, return and keep them coming back because we were once lost. And, and we were happy to be here. Uh, and so we can't get caught up in this and this and thinking it's all about us because it's not. And, and so um, I, I like to try to make an effort uh, as best I can to go on Sundays to go and meet, meet the new people, uh, the, the strangers among us. And, you know, uh, forgive me if if we're talking and I, I say, hey, can we talk later? I'm going to go talk to the new people. I don't know. I'll, I'll see you later or I'll see you next week. Or I mean, we can talk anytime, right? We, we know one another. But the stranger, we don't know if they're ever going to come back. And, and so if our eyes are on the stranger, uh, forgive us if we uh, interrupt our conversation and say, hey, let's, let's talk. Let's catch up after church. I want to go greet and welcome that new person before while I have this opportunity, uh, the 15 minutes 
this before church. Hey, let's go reach the, the strangers and shake their hands and make them feel welcome because we can talk, we can catch up with one another after church or Thursday or Tuesday or whatever. I mean, we, we, we're, we're a family, um, and the only time to talk to one another is not from 1045 to 11. Uh, and so if, if we as a church say, hey, this is, this is the guest hour, the guest minutes, or the 15 minutes that we want to focus on strangers, if we all ended our conversations, hey, let's, let's just swamp these people with love and, and, and compassion, uh, what, what kind of message would that send, right? Uh, and so I, I challenge each of us. Uh, let's just try to be more aware, not that we're, we're an unfriendly church. I'm not saying that. We are a friendly church, but sometimes we can get caught up in our conversations with our friends. I mean, we're all friends here, and we get talk, talking about stuff. But uh, let's still keep an eye on any stranger that comes among us and say, hey, excuse me, let's go, let me, let's go, let's go, let's go greet them together. While we're here talking, let's just take a pause and go greet them together, right? I mean, that can, only good things can come from that, right? Uh, and so uh, let's let's try to do that more uh, uh, each and every service if we can. Um, and Second Peter three and nine, uh, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's really the heart of God, is that all would come to repentance, and, and so that should that should touch our heart too. When we see strangers, that uh, we would want them to repent as well. Uh, and so he wants everyone to come back to his house. We were, we were all in fellowship with him in the Garden of Eden. And now after that, uh, we're all lost. Uh, we're all prodigals. Uh, God wants us all to come back home. Uh, and so he, it helps when the church is involved doing that as well. And so every week the call of God goes out to the souls of men hoping that somebody will answer the call and hoping that they will not shrug off that, that stirring in their hearts. I, I always like to ask people uh, that, I, that come here on Sundays, you know, how'd you, are you visiting uh, or you live here? Uh, how'd you hear about us? Because I'm always curious, uh, how, you know, how do you show up in an apostolic church? I'm really curious, uh, you know, and, and a lot of them are just drive-bys, and they just feel impressed by God. Just, they need to stop in there and check it out. Bless God. We, we should welcome them with open arms, right? Hey, uh, you answered the call of God, and you pulled in here to a strange church, and, and here you are, so we want you to come back. And so uh, John six forty four: no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up that last day. And so... Uh, whoever comes through those doors, we have to realize that they were obviously were invited by God, right? The devil's not going to bring them here. This is the last place the devil's going to invite anybody to. And so the fact that somebody shows up uh, unaccounted for, that God's working on them. And so we should, be well, we should be jumping all over that opportunity to welcome them and, and make them feel at home here. Uh, and so... Uh, what would happen if God invited somebody here and we acted like it was all about us and uh, uh, we, we ignore them and don't talk to them and all that? Like, watch, you know, woe is us, right? Uh, if God invites them into, our, into this building and, and we don't pay them any attention. Uh, and so uh, we, they may not look like us. They may not uh, have that Pentecostal look. Uh, uh, but 
uh, when they're here, we're going to pray that, hey, they come to a place of repentance. That's, that's a great starting point for us all, right? Even uh, whether they come down the altar or they start having a tear run down their cheek, I mean, bless God, they're, they're being touched. God's moving them. And um, as much as we want to jump on them and drag them and, and throw them in the tank and get them baptized, uh, you know, uh, we want that for them. They may not even realize what what what's the next step. You know, they they could be a fresh a f- green green horn sinner that has no idea what this is, uh, and so we've been in it so long. We know what to do. We uh, we know what they need to do, uh, and so we obviously need to be uh, kind and courteous to help lead them and, and, and instruct them in that way. Uh, otherwise, if if we you know drag them. Uh, to the baptismal tank, uh, they may just never come back, right? Be like, I, don't, I walked through those doors and they laid hands on me and I almost drowned it and I don't know what happened. I'm not going back. Life and death experience at church, right? Uh, and we're here celebrating, excited, hey, we got a baptism, and they're like, I ain't never coming back, right? We got to be, we got we to gotta kind of restrain our zeal a little bit. Sometimes we, we want to speak, speak in tongues for them. Uh, but if they don't even know what that is, you know, it's baby steps, you know. Uh, we want, as soon as they come through the door, we want them to repent and be baptized and get the Holy Ghost before they leave. Uh, that's our expectation for them. But let's, let's not forget how, when we came to church, how long, it, how long was it before we repented and before we got baptized and we got the Holy Ghost? If it was your first time, man, that was quite the, quite the experience for you. Uh, but many people, it, it may have taken more than one service to get in that, the baptismal tank and, and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, again, now that we're in it, now that we're part of the 99, we, we know that that's what they need to do. Uh, but if, if we're, if we're uh, too zealous, uh, we can maybe do more damage than good, right? Uh, and so we need to be careful. Uh, when when uh, approaching them, we need to lead them and, and instruct them and, and, and uh, be kind to them. Because uh, as much as we want them to get baptized and get the Holy Ghost, if, if, we, if we push it on them, uh, we may just push them out the door. We want them to come back, right? All right? And so uh, uh, too many people get baptized and they never see them again, right? Uh, it's not that, you know, we did anything wrong. Obviously, baptism is that... Ne- is a huge step of commitment in, in your walk with Christ. And, and don't think the devil doesn't take notice of that. And, and so uh, lots of uh, things happen when people get baptized because that is a pretty big step. Uh, and so we want to do everything we can to be a friendly church and to welcome them and to teach and, and instruct them on, hey, this is, this is what the next step is. Or if you want to get baptized, this is, you know, we want to do that. And obviously we have ministers and we can all talk about it, but uh, we just be kind and courteous to everybody uh, as we would want to be treated as well. And um, uh, there have been studies and books written um, about uh, guests' experiences, strangers' experiences in churches, and uh, they say within 10 minutes of a guest coming to church, they've kind of already decided if they're even going to come back or not. That's, that's, that's mind-blowing, uh, mind-blowing within 10 minutes. I mean, they haven't gotten to the, the amazing pastor's message yet, right? And they've already decided, hey, I'm not coming back, you know? 
Uh, and so uh, think about that within 10 minutes, if that is what their data says. We don't know. But first impressions make a big impression on people. Uh, and so that's why we want to be uh, the, the most friendly church we can uh, in extending hands and being helpful to those. Uh, and so we can have... We can have the, the best worship in town, and I believe that we do. We can have the best preaching in town, and I, I believe we do that. Uh, but if we, can get, if we get distracted and think this is all about us and never really pay attention to anybody, anybody new, then what, what good are we doing here, right? Uh, I, I know uh, God honors our faithfulness and, and, all, and all that, but we still want, don't, don't want to think it's all about us. Um, we don't want to be the elder brother. Uh, and, and get envious and get upset when we have access to everything. We have access to everything in God, right? Uh, and so uh, we need to be sensitive to God, sensitive to people's needs. Um, if they're standing there and they don't look interested at all, odds are they're probably not interested in what's happening. Uh, and so, you know, dragging them to the baptismal tank is probably not going to end up well. Uh, uh, and so people... Uh, People, we can read each other, and so we want to make sure that we are uh, friendly and doing all that we can, following the Spirit of God, uh, reaching out to others. Uh, musicians, you can come. Acts 19, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, people having, or Paul having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto wit, what then ye are baptized? He said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul uh, laid their ha his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake in tongues and prophesied and and so the truth is, is that we really, we have no idea who these people are that walk through the doors. I mean, they could, have, they could have grown up in church their whole life. They could have been more faithful to church than we have been, right? We don't know their walk with God or, or, or their experience, or they could just be coming in uh, uh, really needing help. And so we don't know how much, how much Bible they know or how little Bible they know. We don't want to, we don't want to. Uh, discount uh, what they've done. We just always want to say, hey, there's more available. That's great. You've you've done that. But hey, if God has more for you, would you would you want to get more? Uh, he says we need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Have you ever done that? No. That's a great opportunity because he says we need to do that. Uh, you know, uh, we always want to invite them uh, to more of truth because there's always more. Even uh, even us being in this for years, there's still more available in God. Uh, we don't ever want to think that we've reached the limit, that, hey, we've maxed out. There's nothing left here because God can reach each and every need, uh, and he is endless in his uh, ability. And, and so even though we know what we have, uh, we know what they are looking for. Uh, we know what they need to do. It doesn't mean that they know. Uh, and, and so if the mission is about them reaching them, we need to make sure that we do all of our, all that we can to reach them. Matthew 25 and 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And, 
Uh, before him he shall be gathered all nations. He shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And then the king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we uh, thee as a hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee as a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in person and came un, er, in prison and came unto thee? And the king answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as ye had done it unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. And so really, uh, we don't really know who the stranger is. But God is watching how we interact with them, how we treat them, right? Because, you know, this parable right here, this story, the righteous is saying, God, when were you naked and we clothed you? When did, when did all this happen? And he, he said, basically says, when you did it to the stranger, you do it unto me. Uh, because we never know who they are. Uh, could, they could be a test from God. They can be an angel of God or they can just be a, a regular person. But God is watching uh, the strangers among us and how we interact with them and, and how we reach them. And, and so uh, we don't know who walks through those doors. Um, but we want to make sure we do all that we can to, to make them feel welcome in the house of God. Amen. Stand with me tonight. We should roll out the red carpet for them, whoever it is. Um, Hebrews 13 and 1. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. And so, you know, we talk about angels, their presence in this place. But what if they decide to show up as a looking like a person one day? Uh, they're still with us. Uh, and so we entertain angels uh, even when we don't realize it. And so 1 Peter 4.8, Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. So when somebody needs help, don't be grudging give him help because then you just you lost your blessing right God's watching everything right when you need somebody needs help don't do it grudgingly as every man hath received the gift even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God God has poured out so much grace in my life I, I, I should be pouring that grace out to everybody. I shouldn't be stingy with any kind of grace uh, because God was not stingy with grace towards me. And so uh, I, I need more of his grace, therefore I need to give more out, right? Uh, and so we are given the hospitality. That means we are saying it's not about us, but it's about somebody else. And so Philippians 2 and 1, if therefore... If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship 
of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Whatever we think about ourselves, we should think about each other better than ourselves. That gets flipped around a lot, doesn't it? Pride gets in our heart, or self-righteousness. We, we can think ourselves better than others and above others. But Paul's saying, hey, if you're, if you're going to be like-minded, you're going to be in the same, uh, the same love, you're going to be in one mind and one accord, the way to do that is to look at the person next to you and look at them saying, hey, they're, they're better than me. Uh, they're, they esteem them better than ourselves. I, I need to make sure I take care of them more than I take care of myself because that's, that's putting others first. That's making sure that there are no strangers among us because we, uh, uh, we see each other uh, better than ourselves and we love our neighbor as ourselves. Verse 4, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And so uh, it's not about us. It's about other people making them feel uh, comfortable and welcome into the body of Christ and into the church and our church services. Uh, and so uh, the 90 and 9, us that are here, uh, we are the faithful ones and we are the ones that show up when the doors are open. And, uh, you know, we, we sign up to clean and, and, and do ministry and, and we give ourselves and give of our time and energy and money. We, we're always pouring things out, uh, but we have to keep in mind that this is not for us. This is not about us. It's not for our benefit, but it's for the kingdom of God. It's for the body of Christ. It's for the church. Uh, and uh, uh, we know that God keeps the best records. He's the best bookkeeper out there. And so anytime we start to get uh, stingy or, or, or jealous or envious, what we're saying is, I don't think God's keeping track, and I want something for me. Right? Uh, and so we don't, we don't need that mentality uh, here in the church, we need to be of one mind and one accord and to get to know one another. Uh, and so as we wrap up this series, Strangers Among Us, uh, I think I've mentioned it before, uh, but uh, a challenge to the church, uh, to all of us, is one, obviously, to make sure, pay attention to the guests that come in. We want to greet them and welcome them and put our conversations on pause and, hey, let's Let's welcome them first, and then we can get back to talking. And so uh, be mindful of the visitors, and I know we do, uh, but we can always do a better job. Uh, and so that's for the strangers among us. And so for one another, the other challenge is, is to expand uh, our, our, our friend circle, uh, uh, invite others. We, we all know each other by heart, by name, and by face. We shake each other's hands. Uh, but let's take it to the next level and say, invite them out and have a longer conversation. We can only talk so much here together, but hey, invite somebody out you don't normally go or, or, or doesn't go with your group and invite some more people out because we're family uh, and, and we don't want to be strangers among us. Uh, even though we know each other's name and been worshiping together for years, we can still kind of be a, somewhat of a stranger, right? 
if we never really make an effort to say, hey, I want to get them to know a little bit more uh, on a deeper level. And if, if we did that once once a month, we reach out, we, we, our intention is to focus on somebody else. Uh, we, we, have, we have plenty of months to, to expand our friendship and to deepen our relationships with one another here. Uh, that way, uh, a year from now, we're a stronger church. Why? Because we know one another. We know each other's pains. We know each other's backgrounds, their sufferings, their family situation. We can pray for each other better if we know one another better, right? We become a stronger core, a stronger church uh, when there are no strangers among us. And that that is going to require us stepping out and say, I normally go out to eat with my friends, but hey, let's invite somebody else out. Out because they're part, they're not a stranger, right? Uh, and let's make them feel welcome. Will you do that with me? Let's let's focus on the guests and let's focus on each other more and we can become a stronger church and we can see revival happen. Amen. Amen. Let's worship God. Let's thank him for what he's done and what he's going to do. Amen. In our response to him and his word, help us, Lord, to be the people you've called us to be. It's not about us, Lord. It's about your kingdom. It's about your body. It's about our brother or sister next to us, God. Help us to esteem them more than ourselves. Hallelujah. Help us with this, Lord.
let's thank him. Let's praise him. Thank you, Jesus, for the grace you've showed us, God. Help us to show that to others. The love you showed us, God, help us to pour that out to somebody else to be a blessing to them, God, as you have blessed us. Because it's not about us. It's about reaching the lost and expanding your kingdom. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Timing tomorrow starts a new month. And so uh, let's let's leave here thinking, uh, which family are we going to reach out? Are we going to reach out to in, in April? Who's going to be our target in April? Uh, and let's try to do our best to, to connect with them and, and, and do something with them that we get to know one another better. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.